Welcome to the bonus episode. Just as a reminder, this show is for mature audiences. Please enjoy. Hey, look, it's, hey, a, look, butterfly. it's a butterfly. It's a butterfly. Reading Rainbow. We got our beverages and our straws and our clear uh, receptacles for those things. Yeah, listen. Those are ice cubes in a beer oh. can glass. Mm-mm-mm. And mine? That's a plastic straw oh, and I, an mm. Nalgene water bottle. <laughs> Music to my ear holes. Yes, um, because I melted my lid, and that's so sad. Oopsies. Um, <laughs> listen, they can't all be winners. Listen, uh, the right. water bottle lid flew too close to the sun, which is you. <laughs> it really did, and mm. it stunk up the whole place. It was nasty. Oh, no. So anyway, how are you now? How are you tonight? Oh, I'm, I'm great. Like, uh, after we, you know, watched a certain movie, I kind of feel like I was... I inhaled fumes and was transferred to another planet because, <laughs> yeah, wee, some of the scenes I saw in uh, A Wrinkle in Time, directed mm-hmm. by Ava DuVernay, was uh, trippy. Yeah, not what I was trippy and not what I was expecting. Yes. Um. So we're here to kind of discuss which was better, the book or the movie. But first impressions, like, what were your thoughts after upon watching this movie? Because I had seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen this, but. Literally, like, two months ago, I was babysitting two of my nibblings. I was like, uh, they need to watch something, and I'm not going to watch what they wanted to watch. So I sat them down, and we watched the A Wrinkle in Time, like, I think it's 2003 or four something version, which I grew up watching, and scared me super bad as a little kid. Oh, so you wanted to scar your nibblings. Yeah. Well, kind of, because I had to get scarred by it. I remember, like, I was, it was one of the yeah. more terrifying movies I had seen as a child. And watching it now as an adult, I'm an adult, so I wasn't scared. But I was, like, I understand <laughs> why, as a child, I would be scared by this. Were they scared? Yeah, I think they were definitely, like, kind of scared by it. But half the time, they would, like, be doing something else while the movie was going. Mm-hmm. So, that's all I gotta say. So, my thoughts are, nice. what was the question you asked? What were your first impressions of the movie we watched? Um, it felt very Disney, like very saturated colors and very like oh, yeah. clean cut. And like even when like it looked like a Disney family, it looked like they lived in a Disney home. They looked like they're upper middle class because of the house they live in. Like everything looks very clean cut. Yeah. So that's what, like my first impressions of this thing is just like it's very Disney. Yeah. That's my thoughts. What about you? Nice. First impressions. Mine... Mine was that it's very water, very watered down, and I do remember yeah. thinking that the first time I saw this version, and even more so this time. I, it was like there's even less substance of like a story in this movie, let alone the story that was based on. Um, yeah, yeah. There's just like very little. We have very little time to care about this character, mm-hmm. Meg, and like the reasons they're doing what they're doing. Just very paper thin. <laughs> I, th- I felt like this movie was too, relying too much on the plot of the book, but not including any mm-hmm. of the important structural parts of the book that, okay. like, lead to character motivations and decision-making. Mm-hmm. Like, in the book, we spend all this time, like, with Meg in her head. I think it's told from... Uh, I think it's told from Meg's first perspective. Person? Yeah, I think yeah. it's told from her perspective. And so, like, even when she wasn't that likable, you were still just like, oh, I... At least for me, I felt like I was like, oh, I get it. She's a teen and she's going to like do these yeah. things. But with the movie, I felt like they were like, well, you know the book. So just imagine 
like they didn't even try to hook me in. They just assumed mm-hmm. that I would like be on board because it because there's already like existing content about it. Yeah. But I'm just like, for me, I'm like, no, you don't get that because I like it yeah. didn't work for me because I was not invested in these characters. In fact, I yeah, was. I think that's openly ridiculing them every step of the way. No, I think yeah. I don't know if it's first person, but definitely it was through Meg's point of view. Um, yeah, I think that's a challenge of a lot of books based on other things. Is like how much of the exposition exposition do you cover for audiences who might not have been familiar with the original text like okay my biggest gripe and what we were watching together was calvin because in the book i mean the reason that he's there is weird right Mm -hmm. but we get a lot more time from him just being like hey i was compelled to be here to him making a connection with charles wallace yeah to him like spending time and explaining like my house is a dump and like my family does not like me mm-hmm. because he says like oh i don't need to call home like they're not gonna miss me mm-hmm. um that's really sad in the movie he just shows up and then they leave and they're gone they're on an adventure so and there's like, like no reason <laughs> there was no reason for this kid to be here <laughs> Um, also, like, Meg and Cal, I think they had their little romance moment before mm-hmm. they left on their, like, adventure. They did, yeah. So, from there, they have a bond. In the movie, they have nothing. They go There's into it, there. and then they're like, you know how we're going to bond? Trauma bonding. And you know how that, yeah, it's going to be a forced scene <laughs> where, this is after, in the movie, in the god, the witches, or the who's it's and what's it's and who nots, yeah. like, are like, we can't go with you and we can't help you, but here are your gifts. Uh, you suck. There's your gift. And they only give Meg her one gift of <laughs> exactly. being shitty. So then they, like, disappear and they're like, go to Kamazot. And then in the movie, they decide that when the, like, three god people kind of apparate away, they s- yeah. the kids somehow get transferred to a different, like, dimension. And that puts Charles Wallace, like, somehow got separated from them, even though that doesn't make any sense. And Meg and Calvin then have to, like, run from a tornado. And that is, like, how they, like, that's how the movie expects us, expects to develop the relationship between Meg and Calvin because they both had to run from a tornado and, like, hide in a tree Mm -hmm. together and, like, hug each other. But I'm like, that's icky. Like, just because they physically had to, like, be close to each other in a tree trunk while they got sucked up by the forces yeah. of nature in this dimension does not mean that they're like friends but then like then they're at the freaking river like because they're dirty and uh, stuff yeah um and then she's just like oh it's just basic physics and he's like you don't know how amazing you are do you and i was like it's so much worse in the movie hearing it than reading it i mean actually both are awful because yeah. in the book he's just says like you've got like dreamy dream boat eyes or something like, <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> Just because he's complimenting her intellect is still just awful. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you have something to say? Because I, I have a lot to say. Actually. Well, yeah, no, I was going to say one of my biggest gripes. And I think I have, like, my two biggest gripes. Um, my first one is Charles Wallace uh, speaks and, like, speaks to everyone in yeah. this. And he's like, the sh- he's, like, a horrible, non-likable child in the movie. Mm-hmm. In the book, like, it is, like, part. I feel like a huge part of Charles Wallace's identity is that he does not speak to anyone outside the family, so everybody thinks he's weird and stupid. In this one, they're, I guess they decided, they're like, you know what? Not speaking to people in public isn't weird enough. He has to be adopted. That's super weird. People can make fun of him yes. for that. And so then, but like, he goes around and yells at like everyone and flaunts how smart he is. I'm like, no wonder no one likes this kid. He's an asshole. So Yes. <laughs> he's so unlikable in the movie. <laughs> so I didn't like that. And then like, 
My season. second biggest gripe is they totally, like, they changed the story a little bit. And so um, Meg never tessers with her father and Calvin mm-hmm. away the, and, like, leaves Charles Wallace behind. Because in the book that she does, and she's, like, heartbroken. She's like, Father, how could you? She has, And she has to go kind of through a healing journey and meet these, like, alien creatures. I forget what they were called. Yeah, but Aunt Beast. Beast. And, like, Aunt Beast. And, like, has this whole journey. In this one, does not happen. She never leaves Charles Wallace. She just lets her dad and Calvin test her away, but she stays. I feel like that was a really important part because it shows, like, Meg's human nature that she's just a very angry person. And, like, Mm -hmm. she needs to grow from this. But in this one, she's like, no, I'm better than my dad, and I love Charles Wallace, and I'll never abandon him, even though, again, Charles Wallace is a little poopy kid, and I would abandon his ass right away. Just like we were abandoned. Uh, it's trauma. No, it did bring up adoption trauma. Um, my, I do have a lot of gripes. Another one is that um, the act, the casting, they chose lots of like really big stars that didn't act that well. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. And the ones that weren't stars, I didn't like. It didn't really create stars um, either. Like I did. Not, I looked up these actors of the kids, and yeah. I was like, I don't know what they've mm, been in. Since I will then. say. I have seen the main character who plays Meg, Storm Reed. Like, I'm not saying she's a freaking megastar, right. but I did recently, like this year, within the, I think like two months ago, see mm-hmm. her in a movie that got a theatrical release, and I saw her in Missing. Okay. I'm not going to lie, she doesn't do a great job in that either. But okay. No, that's, I mean, that's good to know, but I just like, it kind of points to it being very overproduced, you know, because the effects yeah. are like... Very, very colorful and very, um, you know, a lot of power went into them. And um, I think, like, you know, they used their names for the clout very much. Um, like how Oprah Winfrey and Mindy Colling and Reese Witherspoon, they were the Mrs. Whatevers. Um, and, like, first of all, they did Mindy Colling dirty, okay? Yeah. Because that character has nothing to say. Oprah, love her. She just said stuff. Um, Reese Witherspoon had, like, She the was, like, the snarky do. one. Yeah, she was snarky. She was supposed to do. Yeah, she. I just don't feel like she messed super well overall with the tone. But also, the we got that iconic Mm, scene of her changing into her little bok choy dragon form. Yeah, and um, just like losing all her clothes. Yep. Um, I was like, why was that in here? But I think Chris Pine. I think he did a pretty good job of looking like a sad dad. Yeah, no, I and will say all, he that's did. All he really needed to do. <laughs> he did what he needed to do. I wasn't that compelled by this dad, but sure. No. And um, Michael, honestly, my favorite like little sneak star was Michael Pena playing the man. Oh my with gosh, the red yeah. Because that was a real creepy moment. Um, because he's being controlled by it, and he's there to take Charles Wallace away, and then his body dissolves into puppet parts. It's yeah, really funny. <laughs> Woo, it's unhinged. But like, but, I'm gonna compare it a lot to the original i i gotta figure it i think it's 2001 version it was 2003 i just think that it's a better well i like it better um Mm -hmm. but i also think it speaks to you know what dis what not just disney but like what was considered pg then and what Mm -hmm. it is now you know for example like shrek i think is pg but now if it was currently (laughs) rated i feel like they would it would be pg-13 like i think we've gotten more strict on what we think is okay for viewers so like in wrinkle in time like, it is creepy, and it is scary. And, of course, you can make mm-hmm. the argument that it was too scary, and this is, like, and the 2018 version is more accessible to, like, 
kids, but I'm also just like, it didn't make me, this didn't make me ever afraid. No. Uh, The one that, like, alarmed me the most, and this is kind of scary, is when Charles Wallace is dragging um, the dad, Meg, and Calvin, like, on the ground, and they're screaming and, like, clawing at the walls, like, dragging them down to Central Central Intelligence. I was like, oh, that is a little creepy. A little off-putting. Like, that's a little traumatic. It's fun. Yeah. When... But wouldn't Meg and what's his face? Charles Wallace have their final confrontation where she releases him through the power of love. Yeah. Um, in the book, they're in like a room with a brain in a jar. And I really, really wanted to see a brain in a jar. But um, in the movie, they're in like a dark, dark, dark spider web place. Um, and you pointed this out when we were watching it that like he keeps sending like tendrils or tentacles after her but they just like wa- like swat her around they're not like trying to kill her or anything they're just like batting her yeah um because no one's ever in back. danger they like yeah those no. tentacles they pick her up and then they just toss her to another tentacle and then toss her but yeah. like listen i'm not trying to get too graphic here but like those tendrils yeah. gotta go around that body as squeeze like i gotta know yeah. that my girl's finna die tonight yeah no you there's more at stake here um and i think with the imagery they're trying to make it look like brain synapses and yeah i, I get that so. but i think it was like too it was just so goofy as an adult i just can say this it was too goofy to be scary but you know i just think like but also it was to contrast all the freaking color they had in the rest of the movie yeah like the three misses whatever's had all the color in the world. They had like ten different outfits throughout this movie. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was um, another thing. Like this whole Zach Galifianakis was there. <gasps> I forgot. Yes. Oh my gosh, it was bad. He was it was there. bad, y'all. And like, yeah, no, like you said, everything was just an excuse for like the costume department to flex. Because yeah, yeah I will say, costuming and production wise, like everything, everyone looked beautiful. It all looked great, super colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, any outfit that like the three, I don't know if we're calling them angels or whatever. They're stunning, like, great. Yes. But they put it all in, like, like, uh, appearance, but not in the storytelling. Because another, my final (laughs) gripe is, like, when they're explaining what the darkness is, they're saying, like, this is responsible for all the bad in the world. And then we get a montage of everyone that we've met so far, which is, like, mostly Mm -hmm. just friend, or like schoolmates and school faculty of Megs and teachers and we yeah. and it's just like sob stories for all of them which I am just like again this is not yeah. gonna win me over like a sob story is not gonna win me over you know if you're like I this character is really unlikable but their mom died so you have to like them and you're like uh, no I don't yeah. they're still like horrible people so this is the time when we see that Calvin's father is like abusive and super harsh on him and so I guess they're trying mm-hmm. to humanize him but it doesn't work and then we see a classmate that's yeah. bullying Meg and then they're like yeah and her eating disorder pretty sad right and you're like all right you can't just toss that around man that's not cool but i what's crazy to me about this montage is like the first story is like one of the teachers gets promoted to principal and the other two teachers are jealous <laughs> and then it's the, a second weird, one is, yeah. the second one is the rowan blanchard's character uh is the eating disorder so mm-hmm. that's a crazy enough comparison and then we go to calvin's abuse and i'm like one of these is not like the other yeah okay like <laughs> Um, I just think like this is 2018. Um, I think it's trying to really hard to be woke because they they added a lot of people of color to this. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the story that we can assume is whitewashed yeah. in the book form. Listen, sorry, um, Madeline Langle, you probably weren't like at the forefront. We're of, just of, listen, you know. Listen, I'm just guessing. Um, so that like they add a lot of people of color and they 
probably wanted to seem up to date on like all the issues of the world, like eating disorders and stuff like that. Um, but law, but y'all, it just doesn't really like, they did not mesh it well. Yeah. yeah. Y'all went for the low hanging fruit. You weren't just like, yeah, yeah. Let's make it up to date. Let's be woke. Yeah. Well, okay. This is my hot take. This was a swing and a miss, Ava DuVernay. Because another yeah. thing is, and if, like, I'm, of course I'm a hater, so, like, a lot of people can come at me and say, you know, that I'm just hating. But I'm not saying that, like, the characters have to be white and mm-hmm. we shouldn't have people of color in these roles and it could never be that way because it wasn't, quote-unquote, like, intended. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying if you're gonna, if you're gonna have your characters be, like, black or Asian or some, mm-hmm. like, a person of color... They interact very differently with the world. And so it mm-hmm. is so different when like uh when like Meg gets sent to the principal's office, it holds mm-hmm. a different kind of weight if she is Absolutely. white than if she is black than if she is indigenous or something like that. And so that's like mm-hmm. I'm saying they're not interchangeable, not because it has to be white, but because mm-hmm. like your race affects how you engage with the world. So it was just like very weak yes. sauce of them to just be like, oh and Michael Pena's in there and like this person's in there and mm-hmm. I don't know I didn't and also again I don't understand why like Charles Wallace had to be adopted like I don't I know <laughs> I don't know why that he couldn't just be like their child yeah like it doesn't add anything and it doesn't make yeah it's not like he had to be adopted so that this plot point could hit like he could just be her mm-hmm. biological brother whatever it also just feeds into the like um the narrative that like adopted children are just different and like yeah. just not like everybody mm, else yeah. they have a hard time fitting in um listen it's hard enough out here already without you telling me that you know <laughs> like first of all i already knew i was nice and cool and special but also yeah not like this listen but listen they also cut out all of the like all of the pseudoscience that they introduced into the into the book about yeah. like the fourth and fifth <gasps> dimension and like the wrinkle what, the, what a wrinkle fucking is we forgot um, another one of the funniest parts so like <laughs> okay chris pine and his wife i'm sorry i don't know okay. um are both scientists before the dad disappears they like right before he does i guess they do a presentation together and get like laughed in their faces by all the academics because they try and explain it wrinkle and they explain it by showing like a powerpoint where it has two planets on opposite ends of the slide one has is labeled a earth and then on the other side of this on the other side of the same slide is b equals anywhere and then they literally yeah. just converge and like and that's how wrinkle works and you're like yes anywhere bitch <laughs> anywhere why couldn't they test her to fucking camisots then yeah so the science was not there no no um uh yeah basically the whole theme is that they just took everything out that would make this make sense and make this a good story <laughs> make this interesting um make reg relatable make charles wallace like likable but like it just didn't work <laughs> it just did not work um but yeah, it got Disney-fied. Yeah. But I guess that leads us to like the final ultimate decision maker. But Laura, yeah. was the book better than the movie or the movie better than the book? Um, the book was better, but you have to deal with Jesus. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm not... If you care to listen to our actual review of the book... Head over to our main, uh, mm-hmm. our, like our main episodes, and I think it's episode twelve of season three, and you can hear our thoughts about the book. But I agree, the book this time is better than the movie. Boom! You heard it here. I had a great time on A equals Earth, but I'd rather 
be anywhere now. Ayo. <laughs> That's our final review. Thank <laughs> you.